Welcome to Why Is with Ty and Dan. This week we discuss the wrath of sheer calm. Welcome to Why Is with Ty and Dan, a Marvel podcast where we try to figure out just who and what is going on in this cinematic universe. My name is Tyler Borland and with me always is Danny Vincent. All right. So we got a special episode for you this week. That's right. It's the films of Andy Serkis. Now, you may you may ask, why are we talking about the films of Andy Serkis? What does that mean? Why, Danny? Why? Why are we looking at Andy Serkis's directorial? I don't know. I don't know when the stuff is coming up, but in a few days, Venom 2 well, excuse me. There's no two in the title. We got to be polite to that. We do. We got to honor that. Swishes. Venom, Let There Be Carnage, is releasing after a long, long wait. Honestly, I, I could still see it being delayed, and then we'll be out of an episode for after this. Because um, that will hopefully be the next episode we do, will be Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Um, however, we, we want to see, we, we want to go into this knowing our Andy Circus. Now, we know who Andy Serkis is, obviously, but we don't know his directing stuff. So, he has two movies. We're going to talk more about one than the other, but we're going to talk about them. Um, but first, we got to give a little spoiler warning for these movies. Yeah. So, from this point on, we will discuss uh, the directorial works of Andy Serkis, including Breathe and Mowgli. Uh, the Legend of the Jungle. Okay, I think okay. Is what it, so the, it's titled yeah. on Netflix, Mowgli: Legend of the Jungle. But on the film proper, it's just Mowgli. So I'm just calling it Mowgli. Mowgli. I, 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 okay. I, you notice that too, right? There is no Legend of the Jungle anywhere yeah. on the film. So yep. I'm just calling it Mowgli. <laughs> yeah. uh, and Mowgli. <laughs> um, and possible spoilers for future productions <laughs> we do not claim to have knowledge of you know, said future spoilers but we'll gladly take full credit if such comes okay true. i'm gonna okay i'm gonna say my next part of the disclaimer that i have a response already to this before we get into it which is we will not address any leaks but if our speculations align it's purely coincidence now before we discuss the films i will say my one speculation that i don't have listed in this is i think tom hollander has an unannounced role in venom let there be carnage because he's in both the movies I saw. So maybe he's Andy Serkis's mm. good luck charm. I don't know. But anyway, maybe what? Sorry. What? Andy oh, Serkis is maybe yeah, he's not in brief to be clear. Andy Serkis does not act in brief. Um, so that's why I'm like, Tom Hollander, maybe. Anyway, let's discuss the film. Yeah. Of- yeah. Well, yeah. And, and we'll discuss it when we get to it. But uh, Mowgli was not originally. Yes. I- his. It's you know. interesting. We're gonna, we're gonna. I'm gonna talk about that when I get to brief, because we're gonna start yeah. with brief. But anyway, first the films of Andy Circus. Let's talk about. It. Yeah. yeah, let's give our general so thoughts uh, on Andy. Sorry. Yep. So I'm taking charge. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> I did not. I did not see Breathe, but I watched Mowgli um, on Netflix, the CGI legend of Netflix, and um, I I enjoyed the film. Uh, four out of five. I. I like the uh, I like there. There's a darker, darker tone, grittier tone to it. And I I like that more. Um, How it's executed is is questionable. Um, And there is CGI is um, 
The CGI is patchy. However, we'll get into that later on. I, um, I, but I think I still think. Sorry, go on. Sir, I still think Circus managed to make. He did put out a story. There's a story <laughs> here that he did in fact make a movie to, with a well, story. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. Like what I'm saying is that he did manage to take this thing that was rung through the a dumpster fire and he was able to make it into he was able to make narrative sense out of it um so yeah anyways so i wasn't as big danny what are, what are your general yeah. general thoughts? i wasn't as big on mowgli i think both his movies have a lot of interesting ideas in them i don't think either of them fully works um but I'm gonna be really honest here. Is um, I think uh, it will be interesting to see what he wor- how he works on something where I don't think he's gonna be the person in charge. Because let's be real here, the creative voice behind Venom: Let There Be Carnage is Tom Hardy. It's not really Andy. And obviously, I like Andy Circus like as a person and as someone who has innovated motion capture. Um, and I think one thing I would say definitely about Mowgli and some aspects of Breed, but more Mowgli is that. He's a very ambitious filmmaker, and I like that. Um, mm-hmm. So, but we'll, I'll get into his movies. Um, and I also have to mention, before we even get to it, is that I cannot wait to talk about a certain character in Mowgli whose name is Boot. Get excited, people. When we get to it, I'm a, I have a lot to say about Boot. Um, but let's dig in. Well, yeah, before we talk about... Uh... Mowgli, the legend of boot. Why don't you tell tell us about uh, Breathe? All right. So Breathe, uh, it's a movie. Uh, I'm opening up my I, I haven't published my letterbox review yet, so I'm opening it up. So because that's basically my notes. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to read it. Well, I was I'm not going to read. I was going to say you said Breathe. It's a movie. And that's the same type of comment as Andy Serkis told the story <laughs> with Mowgli. <laughs> OK, so Breathe. It's a movie that took me about 40 minutes to get into it, but it's two hours long. Oh. Okay, so the issue with it is, is it's one of those biopics where Mm -hmm. the film tries to cover the whole life, and I generally don't like those because I think it's more interesting to take... what The one I always use as the example, even though there's been better biopics since then and there were better biopics before it, um, is... Selma, which is the Martin Luther King biopic that came out in about 2014. Now, most nowadays, every biopic tries to cover the whole life. And even it's always been the trend. That's usually what people go for. But in Selma, it keeps it to like three or four months of Martin Luther King's life, which actually makes it be a story. Yeah. Unfortunately, Breathe is like most biopics where it does the whole life. I will say the one movie Mm. I've seen that does do the whole life well, which I will always recommend to anyone they have the time because it's three hours long is Spike Lee's Malcolm X, which is a masterpiece. Besides that movie, though, I have not seen really a biopic that covers the whole life that I think this is great. Um, but the thing about Man of Steel, it's not a biopic. It also doesn't <laughs> cover his whole life. It covers about two weeks of his life and has flashbacks. <laughs> you could say Shung Chi is the same way. It, co- <laughs> it covers. Exactly. There we go. <laughs> Shang-Chi is a biopic. Anyways, now. um 
the main reason this movie is really good is because Claire Foy and Andrew Garfield are giving really great performances. Um, I think Claire Foy is a bit better because I think usually when you watch a movie, okay, do you know what this movie's about? Uh, I should probably say because I'm sure the listeners don't. It's know. it's the inspiring true love story of Robin and Diana Cavendish, an adventurous couple who refuse to give up in the face of a devastating disease. That's so vague. Their heartwarming celebration of human possibility. Where are you getting this from? Marks the directorial debut of Andy Serkis. I'll get into the directorial I, debut I am literally, part. I'm literally reading this summary from IMDb. So the devastating <laughs> disease is polio. So Andrew Garfield, after the first 20 minutes of this, is confined to a bed. Paralyzed from the yeah. neck down. Um, actually, this movie, one of the reasons I also really like it. So, okay, Garfield. He's good. I generally like less flashy acting, though, which is what Claire Foy is doing as his wife. Um, but they're both pretty mm. good in this. Uh, Hugh Bonneville is also very now nice this, and a supporter. And this was after Garfield's Academy Award nominee. Yeah, Hawk Selridge. He should have been nominated for Silence, yeah. which I'll always say. Silence, never great. Uh, not not a, But it's three hours long. Never a great movie I'd recommend to people who have three hours of their time. But people don't usually <laughs> have three hours of their time, so I don't recommend it often. Um but anyway, Andrew Garfield, uh, phenomenal actor. Uh, we'll be talking about him in the podcast like next month a lot. Not for good movies, but great actor. Claire Foy, also a great actor. Weirdly discarded by Hollywood recently. Hopefully she gets some good roles. I don't know. Come back, Claire Foy. We really liked you. You were good in First Man also. Um, but... Oh, also, I won't get on the acting first, then I'll get to the real reason this movie works. Is Tom Hollander, as I mentioned... It's apparently in yeah. both Andy Serkis movie. He plays twins here. But what's weird is usually when actors play twins like Army Hammer, who we don't like anymore, to be clear. I'll have that on record before I make this analogy. Army Hammer, we don't like him anymore. But in the social network, you know, he plays twins and they're usually always on screen together. In this movie, I'd say Tom Hollander's on screen with Tom Hollander maybe for a fourth of his scenes. The rest of the time, it's one of them. But since they're identical twins, I never caught which twin hung out with them. <laughs> I was just kind of like, oh, oh, no. I think it was Bloggs. Because the thing was, Bloggs is a very unusual name for a character. Um, Uncle Bloggs, as I'll call him. Because, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, but he's got a dual role in this for no real reason. Other than, I guess there was twins in this guy's life. Um, At least... At least it wasn't Tom Hardy's twins in Legend. <laughs> yeah, and like I, that, I think Tom Hollander's all right in this. Like I'm not mad at his performance here. It's just kind of like that's choice. Yeah. All right. I guess. I guess the thing was that it felt very much kind of also with um, the Social Network. David Fincher's a very technical oriented director, and that's not really a technical movie where he's like, I want to have a big visual yeah. effect for this. And I felt like that's kind of where Tom Hollander was in this. Is that Andy Serkis was like, I still want to do my weird visual effect thing here, so I'll do a dual role. But anyway, um. The real reason, though, this movie is nice is that it pulls a Green Book and not in a negative sense. Is that Green Book is the movie that won Best Picture a couple years ago. I'm not a fan of it, but it's written. It's a movie that's written by the son of who the movie is about. This is not that like it's not written by the son of it, but it's produced by the son who's in the movie. And it's a love letter to his parents. So in that sense, it's very sincere. It's very like. It's honest. It feels very honest. And so that's yeah. why I like to have the first 40 minutes because the first 40 minutes, is, you know, 
they fall in love. He gets polio and they struggle a bit. And then she gets the decision to take him out. They, well, they joint make the decision. It's, he can talk. He can talk. He's just paralyzed from the neck down. Um, they make the decision to leave the hospital and he's the first person to leave the hospital with polio. That's as severe as he is. Cause they're like, you can't take care of him at home alone. You don't have the training and he's going to be on a ventilator the whole life. You have to change his tubes and stuff that you don't want to do that. Um, and they actually end up inventing like the first chair with a respirator attached to it. Not, not the wife, a friend of theirs who's played by Hugh Bonneville. Um, mm-hmm. and it's kind of, then it becomes kind of a movie about like, it's what I call an activism drama and activism dramas can either feel sincere or they can feel cloying, like, like trying to win Oscars. You know what I mean? Like they can either feel like we actually yeah. want to bring attention to this or we're going to be like, we want to win an Oscar. This felt like very much. We want to bring attention to this thing about how hard it was for disabled peoples to have the opportunities of just freedom. And that's what I liked about this movie is that it really did show how much better his quality of life was once he could be at home and his wife could wheel him outside and they could have a picnic outside with their kid and stuff like that. There's a scene in it that really uh, where he goes to a disability conference with his friend, um, one of his other friends who's like with a program, like a charity. I can't remember exactly what it is. And then also with the guy who invents the chair. They go to a disability mm-hmm. uh, rights conference in Germany. But before they go to it, they go to a home to meet with, like, you know, a hospital to see if they would want to buy these chairs. Um, yeah. And in the hospital, all these disabled people are just pretty much, they're like, they're treated well. They're like in a very air conditioned room. Only their heads are sticking out of what basically look like coffins that are in the wall. And they can only stare at themselves in the mirror above them. And it's just a very disturbing sight. And it's like, it's really, and then Andrew Garfield is wheeled in and like the doctor's like, you need to get him out of here because all these patients are going to want that. And then like the guy with them is like, "Uh, so wait, you told me you were ran by the Department of the Interior of Germany? And they're like, yeah. And he's like, isn't that also the department that runs the prisons? And it's like, oh, snap. Yeah, exactly. And so in that case, I like, I really enjoyed this movie and how it like brought attention to the subject. I still think it's a bit too long, and I think the fact that it takes 40 minutes for me to get into it, I wish the – like, I don't think it needs to be two hours long. Um, but I thought it was good. Like, it's a very solid it, – it does what it's – it's one of those movies, like, it's trying to be something. It doesn't really exceed that, but it's good for what it is. The one thing that's yeah. weird about that I didn't mention is that the aspect ratio of this movie is bizarre. It is like – um. Trying to think of a good it's like it's a mad 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 world, which probably isn't a reference that works for anyone listening to this podcast or you, but it's super wide. It's super widescreen. Um if this was screened in a theater in widescreen, it would still have black bars on it. A significant amount of black bars. Oh wow. And I don't know why it was shot this way. Nothing about the film really like thematically feels relevant to that. Um Yeah. But it's like, okay, like, I mean, I, it's not an issue with the movie. I'm just like, I, it was just something I thought, like, this is worth noting. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, I thought it was like, it's a good movie. I would recommend it. Uh, well, I would recommend it to people who like to see these types of movies, biopics. Because I do think it is ultimately, to me, too slavish to that formula. But it's still good. Like, if it was totally like ignored by the Oscars, if it got attention, I'd be like, yeah, these are like, this is a solid movie for what it is. So I can't get mad at it. I don't think I'll ever watch it again, but like, it was good. 
Now, before we move on, unless you want to ask me more questions about Breathe, I'd be happy to answer your questions about this film if I haven't mentioned things. Okay. Um, he, he gave me a head nod no, just so you all know. Um, but so, they, they can hear. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So technically, this is not Andy Serkis' directorial debut. This is a film. I don't know when this was shot, but I presume way after Mowgli was because Mowgli was shot in 2015. This came out in this came out in 2017. And this is this movie has like no visual effects besides maybe Tom Hollander. Uh, and like it feels very low. But I'm going to look up when it's shot because it will be very quick. That A very quick look up. Well, I mean, it's still technically his. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get to it. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, it still came out before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't, actually, I can't see when the shot. So this is still his debut because it came out before, you know? Uh, yeah. But it was shot way after Mowgli was. So, Mm -hmm. um, and if Mowgli had made its original release date, which we'll get into it, Mowgli would have been his first film. But this is his first film. It's nice. It's interesting though to me, like, cause it's the way you think to me, the thing when you say debut, right? I think, oh, it's yeah. a smaller scale film so they can get ready for their next big film. But Mowgli was already his big film. And he did this on the side to help because it's the the guy, the producer is someone who works with Andy Serkis's company pretty high up in it. And he's like, I've always wanted to make a movie about my parents. And he's like, all right. Andy Serkis is like, all right, I'll do it. Then that sounds like fun because this Mowgli movie post production is going terribly uh, so please just let me do it <laughs> not to put words in Andy Serkis's mouth but I did just put words in Andy Serkis's mouth um but no like yeah it's 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 good like nice little movie I'm really surprised it didn't get more attention with the cast it has uh because this was right after the crown I feel like so Claire Foy was big at the moment and of course Andrew Garfield's always been like a pretty popular guy like yeah this was the way I would say it is this came out when I was in, we were in school. It played nowhere. It didn't play the Carbondale theaters. And that w- when we were in school, we had two theaters still that would get both the indie movies and the like mainstream movies. And this didn't even get the indie movie, like did not make it, you know? So, mm. Yeah. Um, so, eh, that's good. Did that? No, I don't think it did. I was going to say, did that, uh, that theater that was in the mall ever opened back up, but I don't think no. It did. So it did because friend of the podcast Caleb S. Bun, uh, famously went to the very last screening there. I say famously because mm-hmm. it's one of his most liked reviews on Letterboxd, I think. But he went to go see Rampage on the last day it was open. And when he left, all the posters were down. So it did reopen f- for a bit, but it closed the April of our year. We were there. So gotcha. Yeah, and okay. it never reopened. So. Which is a shame because, it, well, it's a sh- Well, we don't go there anymore. So it's not really an issue for us, right? Uh, right, but, right. But if I had still been going there and I lost that theater, I would have been so bummed because it really got us all the like cool movies, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was what I really liked. Well, not it's not the only reason I liked college, but it was nice to have like the indie movies there, especially when they were both AMCs. Yeah. And we were really in the right. middle of nowhere. Especially because like now you've yeah. you told me that you... You you go back sometimes like to catch a movie and like they didn't get that Mark Wahlberg movie you wanted to see and if that yeah, theater was, was still there you would have got Mark it probably Wahlberg, you know right mm-hmm. and there's that Mark Wahlberg movie I wanted to see I can't remember the name of it now but I like the nearest place that I could find it was probably a good hour and a half yeah it was an hour and a half away and 
Um, I travel that far for movies. Yeah, I'd have to. I traveled to travel six hours to see Ma out of state for it. I drove six hours to see Ma Rainey's bottom in theaters, buddy. That was I know. one way. I, and you, yeah, <laughs> you bought a ticket. I know you bought a ticket yeah, to, to go to out to Luca. Los Angeles <laughs> to see Luca. I, like how I, I know. I, like I know. How I thought of Ma Rainey first, not the, the, the Luca thing that is well documented on this podcast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we can move on to Mowgli. All right, yeah. So, uh, so let's talk about because we already we already brushed on it beforehand. Colin, so let's talk about CGI this CGI legend of Netflix. <laughs> yes. Um. So, uh, let's talk about that release schedule. All right. Um. So the so this was was it originally supposed to come out in October yes. 2016? Yes, it was shot in 2015. As I said. Uh. Yeah. You know, this kid must have been so old by the time the movie came out, now that I think about it, you know? Like, the kid who plays Mowgli. Yeah. Not so old, but, you know, like, he's probably, like, his voice cracked. He's doing interviews. He probably sounds not. Maybe he has some acne. I shouldn't be making fun of this kid. Because uh, he probably, you know, he, he was in this movie. He's pretty good in it. Pretty sure he didn't get enough role because that usually happens to child actors. The up, the kid, the, you know, we do need to talk. We have a cast comparison point. I need to talk about this Mowgli compared to the Mowgli in the 2016 movie because... There actually is something to discuss there, just an acting quality. But anyway, so okay, this was yeah. scheduled for October 2016. Um, then it was um, moved uh, to October, back a year in October, to, to October 2017 in December 2014. So two years away from release. Like, we need more time for the CGI. Like, like the movie still hadn't even begun filming yet in December 2014. So it just got pushed back a bit. Um, then in April 2016... Got pushed back another year to October 19, 2018. And uh, April 2016 is when the Jungle Book movie Disney made came out. Uh, the live action Jungle Book movie they did. Um, mm-hmm. So I th- I think the excuse given at the time was we want to work more on the CGI. Let's be real here. The reason was is because they didn't want to be close to the Disney one. You know, that's really it. Like, Right. Because... No matter what, this movie is always in that tough spot where the Disney one came out first. And they're going to be like, this is the Disney one's the real one. You know, that's what most families are going to think, sadly. So so then the first trailer dropped on May 21st, 2018, which got theater play because this was a Warner Brothers movie. Like, mm-hmm. I never got the trailer in a the theater, but it was in theaters for a bit of that summer. However, in July 2018, Warner Brothers sold the movie to Netflix. Um, the wiki article says they were fearing a bomb similar to the Joe Wright film Pan, which I don't want to say is underrated because it's still pretty bad, but it does have a really good musical score. Just saying, if you wanted to listen to a jamming soundtrack of a movie and you're like, I don't ever want to watch this movie. I just want to have a cool soundtrack I can pull out. Play people I just want like, to pretend the movie was really cool. Okay, well, the music's done by John. Uh, sidebar: the m- music is done by John Powell, who did the How to Train Your Dragon movies, which have like the best scores. Mm. Ever. Yeah, exactly. So, like, yeah, the Pan scores. Like, imagine the How to Train Your Dragon composer doing a Peter Pan score. It's like it's great. It's really good. Um, okay, yeah, movie's bad, <laughs> but good score. <laughs> uh, so I would give it a is good that the one score, with, but not a good. Is that rate. the one with? Uh, is it? I, I feel like I'm so wrong in this, but is that Johnny Depp that plays Captain Hook? So Captain Hook or, is it? So 
Daniel Craig no, playing up, Captain up, Hook. Up. So the Pan movie is set is a is a prequel. <laughs> I, I feel like it's a prequel uh-huh. to Peter Pan. Yeah. Uh, it stars a kid as Pan, Peter Pan, obviously. Uh, the bad guy in it is not Captain Hook. It's Blackbeard, who's played by Hugh Jackman, who that's infamously who. sings yeah. smells like Teen Spirit in his opening his reveal in the movie. He walks out and he's like here we are now entertain us and he's mumbling and then like you know like he's like i feel stupid like he just completely opens the door and starts scream singing it uh he's really i like cammy hugh jackman not good in that movie garrett headland who's the lead of tron legacy he's also actually a really good actor but most of his credits that are good are indie but lead of tron legacy he plays captain hook who is named Captain Hook before he loses his hand. And there's a bunch of gags where he's like, oh, I almost just lost my hand. Whoop, you know, you know, you know, how those yeah. movies always do that. And yeah, m- the most infamous casting in this movie, which you have to mention whenever you talk about it, is Tiger Lily, who is played by Rooney Mara in 2015. We were casting pasty white Rooney Mara as Tiger Lily in 2015. Tiger Lily is... Native, you know, obviously the Native American character and Rudy Mara. I don't know if she's British, honestly. I think the Maras are American, but very white. Yeah, as soon she as was she was born in Bedford, New York, as soon yeah. as she was cast, people were complaining. Um, And she still did the role. It will forever be a Mara on her career. Anyway, enough about fans. Unless you really want to canceled, <laughs> canceled. Mowgli is better right, than Pan. So. Mowgli is better than Pan. Um. So anyway, yeah. Warner Brothers sold Mowgli to Netflix. This was really, honestly, I can't think of another really high profile sale before this of a like a big blockbuster movie that was sold to streaming. I think this was the first one. Um. Well, was this was this when? From what I remember, this is when I well, this this is also when I actually started paying attention more to Netflix. But is this when they first really started getting into no doing more movies? Because uh, well, they were already getting nominated for 2018 was the year they got nominated for Roma at the Oscars. Uh, And Mm -hmm. Mudbound had been the which also was Garrett Hedlund. Mudbound did not get like a. Best picture nom, but it got like an ad- adapted screenplay, uh, cinematography, like you know, it got nominations. Yeah. Um. Right. Mowgli. Also, the bigger thing to me with Mowgli is you got to look at their blockbusters. And the year before was the year they put out the terrible Will Smith Bright movie, where he, the opening line of the movie is him going, "Fairy lives don't matter today," and it never gets better. <laughs> it never gets better than that. <laughs> I have you seen uh, Bright? <laughs> I've not seen Bright, but I know that it's terrible. <laughs> Bright, yeah. Like the other thing about Bright is that a sequel was announced two days after it was released on Netflix, and it still has not come out. <laughs> there has not been a sequel to Bright, and you know what? I think we are all the better for it. <laughs> the, the sequel's just gonna be Bright. Well, what's funny to me about Bright not getting a sequel is that Army of the Dead, the Zack Snyder zombie movie that Netflix put out this May, is already having a sequel come out next month. (laughs) They're like, this one we can make a franchise. 
<laughs> hopefully they forget about Bright. I won't forget about Bright. It traumatized me. So anyway, Netflix released it in November 2018 in theaters. I don't know where. I was living in Chicago at the time, and I don't remember it playing here. Um, it was it was very, very select. And it was supposed to be um, a, like a 3D yeah. release because, you know, this was come out. Also, okay, I forgot to mention this. Sidebar. But this is actually a sidebar related to this. Is we talk about these being Andy Serkis' debut. That said, he was second unit director on all three Hobbit movies before he shot either of these. Which, yes, second unit directors are not directors. But on the Hobbit movies, that actually is a ton of work. You know, like that is a lot of work to yeah. do even on second unit. So he had experience directing stuff, just not being the head director on it. Um, but yeah, this was supposed to be like a big 3D movie because, you know, that's what Circus and Peter Jackson really like to do. Um, but yeah, obviously Netflix doesn't have a 3D option. Well, this this one compared to uh, Disney's um to Disney's Jungle Book. Disney's Jungle Book was shot 100% on in the studios in LA. It looks really Wild. good. Though, this one was actually <laughs> this this uh, I mean so does Mando. But uh uh okay, uh, hold up, hold up. Cuz you haven't seen the Jungle Book movie. The Jungle Book looks so much better than Mando. Like it, see, it, it is I thought, not comparable. I thought this film this, this film looked really good. That's what my like next scene point. wise. I, um, yeah, I thought that it it looked really good scene wise. Um, I agree. Actually, it was also the village. The vid, the, the blah, 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 I can't talk. Um, wow, you have a podcast. Was no, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, have you heard of it? What? What is it? Um, Not what is why is why why is. <laughs> um, you know, if we're ever on it's, Jeopardy, uh, if we get famous for a Jeopardy question, that'll be really funny. What is why is? <laughs> what is why is with Ty and Dan? <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, part of part of the film, the scenes that were in the set in the village, they were shot on set in uh, South Africa, and they actually built a uh, a village in South Africa, you know, to shoot those scenes. So I thought that was cool. I think, the, um, yeah, I think the movie has that. a really good look to it. Cinematography wise. That actually yeah. is uh, what my next point was actually referring to, even though you have another point you want to talk about, which is that we are going to talk about like, this is on Netflix and how this compares to their other blockbusters. And what I was going to say is you look at bright, you look at army of the dead, you look at, I can't think of another blockbuster, but you know, Netflix always has these like blockbusters that aren't the really good, but are bird box, like bird box, you know, and they all kind of had the this one same. that uh oh what's his name Bird Box was twenty eighteen I believe in also it. Falcon uh Sam oh I know what you're talking about but I haven't seen it Extraction Extraction is the one with Chris Hemsworth though Ex- I've seen yeah I've seen Extraction and I've seen the one I can't think of what it's called um it's got Anthony Mackie no I know what you're talking I don't know what it's called either. I've seen it yeah and no you're 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 making you're making a, a really good point there is the Extraction. Like extraction, let's let's go on extraction for a little. I actually bit. haven't seen extraction, they but put, we can go on it. Go they on. put this. Oh, there's this filter that they use like throughout the color grading that they use in every shot, and is it's just this dirty yellow and they, that it's on every it Netflix just, movie. It's insane. It's yeah, like a weird. Yeah, it's it's on that Anthony Mackie film too, and it's just. It's on Army of it's the Dead, which is crazy because it's a Zack Snyder movie. I wonder, you know, I wonder like, if it's on if it's on the old guard. It might be on the old guard. Could be. As well. That's one I forgot too. 
the thing that's weird also is um to me is that so for last year there was this movie called the trial of chicago seven i wasn't a big fan of it but what's weird to me about it is it was a paramount acquisition because you know pandemic they wanted to get the movie out in time for the election which i always i always think reading with the exception of borat too i think the idea that your movie has to come out in time for election is so like pompous now i mean borat too like yes like the whole point of that movie was to make fun of like the like the like you know what i mean like that is the purpose yeah. of that movie but the trial of chicago 7 is just like a standard like of our times oscar bait type of thing you know like but anyway it look it has the same filter. That's my point. It's like, why does like how did this happen? This shouldn't have happened. The only movies I can think of that don't really have that filter are like, weirdly enough, they're in-house Oscar movies. Cause I don't think the Irishman looks like that. I don't think Marriage Story looks like that. You know? Like those movies look good. I think it's because mm-hmm. the auteurs at Netflix get the opportunity to like be like, I want to shoot on film. And since Netflix doesn't want to scare them away, they're like, oh yeah, sure. And like, you can't really apply maybe this filter to film. Whereas Trial of Chicago 7 was shot digitally and it's really obvious it yeah. doesn't look good. Um, but, um, but yeah, I don't, but the point is this movie looks good. You can, I don't know if it was shot on film. I actually would think it probably wasn't because I don't think, uh, circus or um jackson are very you know they're digital guys you know that's just who they are um right so but it looks good the color grading is nice it's a very it's a pretty movie outside of sometimes some cgi issues but yeah yeah um uh so so yeah it being on netflix so i want to make a comparison to a movie that i've bashed before um also known as the tomorrow war uh, which if if you did not listen to that green room episode, I implore you to after you finish this episode to go back and listen to Tyler's hot take on the Tomorrow War, which is also a hot take that shared by a majority of the population. You should also um, listen to our Luca episode because I'm still uh, really proud of it. for danny's sake listen to the luca episode too Um, so anyways um, so anyways this this film uh warner brothers sold it to netflix very similar to how paramount sold the tomorrow war to amazon um however this film this film, I think, is still a, a well. It's still much better. I gave it a four out of five. I would give it more of a three point five out of five. Yeah, because uh, I also a, remembered that grade. I gave Shang. I was like, I also gave Shang Chi a four point five out of five, and I'm like, no, Shang Chi was a good, a good whole yeah. step up above. Yeah, up above this. Uh, so yeah, I give I give it a three point five out of five. You want? Um, no, sorry. I'll let you talk about Tomorrow War, but then I I want to say what this movie reminded me of after it. Keep going. Sorry. Okay. So so yeah, it's it's really it's really a mixed bag when you get something that a studio is pushing and then they drop it essentially by selling it to uh, straight a straight streaming service. Um, so, so yeah, it's, uh, it's just kind of, I just wanted to make that, that comparison, um, that comparison there. Um, I wonder why Warner Brothers did it. 
I wonder if it was maybe because of the gr- like. Oh, I, I, it I, is grittier. I, it is grittier than I, you know. And Andy uh, Circus in multiple interviews said he it's going to be darker I, than what uh, Disney. Hundred percent get why did. There's. I'm still waiting till we get to our speaking part on it. But there is a moment yeah. in this movie where, as soon as it happened, I was like, "That's why it's on streaming." <laughs> That's why. That's why Warner Bros. like we cannot put this out with parents thinking it's okay for their kids. Because the fact is, no matter what, no matter how you market it, parents are going to say, "Oh, Mowgli," and it's a kid. All right, let's go with the, the three-year-old. You know, like that's going to happen. Like no matter what, you can't prevent yeah. that from happening. And I don't think yeah. Warner Brothers wanted to deal with that. <laughs> um, so this actually reminded me of, and there's going to be a fun science story here where I. Reveal to a listener of the podcast who I know listens to this. Uh, I'll just say it right now. It's a uh, so I've I can't remember which, and I'm sure Drew will text me after it who gave it to me. But you know me, Luke, Luke Hayden, and Drew Hayden, um, who have both guest starred on this podcast before. Um, we have our Christmas exchange where we give each other bad movies. Uh, a couple of years ago, or maybe it was this year, I gave uh, Luke Venom, and that's why I brought him on the podcast. Now, yeah. this year, one of them gave me The Legend of Tarzan, the Alex Skarsgård movie from 2016. Um, and I didn't have the heart to tell him then, wh- whichever one it was then. I'm sorry, I can't remember, guys. I, I, I do really apologize. I, um, but, um, but I saw this in theaters with my mom <laughs> in 2016. And I didn't hate it. <laughs> like, I, I don't think, like, okay, I don't think it's a great movie, but... It's interesting because – and the reason I make this comparison is because it's – Disney has this thing where, you know, Disney puts out the version of the fairy tale or the story. They have a monopoly on, like, what, like, the definite version is for a certain generation, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And so these other studios for a bit tried to chase this Disney remake chain. There's another movie that I haven't seen called Mirror Mirror. Or, or also Snow White and the Huntsman. I haven't seen either of those. But, you know, there were those two Snow White movies that weren't made by Disney during the remake craze. Um, yep. And then there was the Tarzan movie that was made by Warner Bros. And then there was this. But the thing was Jungle Book there, beat well, this there's one a, out. There's also been some, uh, like, giants, like Jack and the Giant. Yeah, Slayer, yeah. Like, there are all kinds of those, yeah. Exactly. They're all chasing that Disney remake money. Um but the thing about both the Legend of Tarzan and this is that they both take I don't want to say I don't want to give them too much credit, but the Legend of Tarzan is outright about the slave trade, which I wasn't not not about, but there is like that is a big part of the movie in like the Congo and talking about like all the like horrendous stuff that happened there. And it's like I wasn't expecting this, but like I'm open to it. And like it's not a very great movie. But the fact that it engages with that made me very interested in it. And, like, it's it's an interesting take mm-hmm. on Tarzan. You Like, you wouldn't get that from Disney. And that's why I felt like this, too. It's like, I might prefer the 2016 John Favreau Disney one. Because I think it's... I'd ra- I'm sorry. I'd rather the Jungle Book be fun. I'm sorry. Uh, whereas with Tarzan, I don't really care if it's, like, serious. Uh, but I still appreciate this for existing. Like, especially when, like... Like, I'm trying to think of it, like Beauty and the Beast, right? No other studio is going to try to do Beauty and the Beast, even though it'd be really cool to see it, you know? Uh, yeah. Or like Aladdin, like stuff like that, like where Disney has too much of a like hand over it. 
So I like seeing versions of this where it's like, we're going to go a little darker, maybe go. I always heard, I heard this was closer to the novels. Um, but yes and no. Okay. Um, I know that like Shere Khan, um, him having the, the, uh, paw that was, um, deformed. I know that that or not. Yeah. More deformed. Um, I know that that is more of what, how the book, um, had it. Um, and there were, there were several, several other things that matched up with the book, but also there were things where they took liberties. Um, uh, Ka, the snake, um, is a male in the book. Um, also, (laughs) I have have comments on Ka as well, but I will wait till we get to her. But, uh, um, (laughs) there was, uh, a point, oh, so this was originally going to be titled Jungle Book Origins, and I'm really <laughs> glad that they did not that they did not stick with that. Um, if anyone wants to learn anything from X Men Origins or Wolverine or this did, summer's yeah. Snake Eyes GI Joe Origins, GI <laughs> Joe Origins, just don't well, don't put Origins in any there's in, like in a, your title. There's a John, I think it's John Woo, maybe it's Brian De Palma. Again, the film nerds are going to come after me for this. One of them made a movie called Snake Eyes, so I think that's why that one had to be called GI Joe Origins. Gotcha, uh, but gotcha, yeah, uh, yeah. So I'm glad they changed it to Mowgli. Um, but also that that's a lot more uh, relative to the um, to the base te- to their. Uh, why can I not think of the word to their source um, to their to the text? Yeah, going text back to source. the book going, um, instead of the Disney. Yeah, movie. going back to the book instead of like the Jungle Book is a book. It's an anthology Why didn't of they title stories. It the movie? Come on, I don't sorry, <laughs> 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 That would have been a better right, title. Dis- <laughs> this is this is teenage Disney film critic. <laughs> Why, Why is the title Finding Nemo? Why not? <laughs> Why, Why not looking for my son? Why? <laughs> Why do you care about Nemo? He's just a fish. <laughs> He's just a fish. Come on. <laughs> you can buy. You, there's a ton of them. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> now it's edgy. Now it's edgy teenager Disney fan. Where Disney? You know, film I, I've said this. Yeah. Before, I haven't said this on the podcast, but I've said this before. Is that the the moment where I will finally be okay? I'm already kind of like at the point where I'm like, I hate Disney, even though I like them. You know what I mean? Like, I hate they have such a like a stranglehold over the industry. On our Marvel podcast, I say that. Um, but. Um, when they start making live action remakes of Pixar movies, no, we, we can't allow that. There already is a live action Toy Story movie on YouTube, by the way. That is fine. That's, what? You, someone what? remade Toy Story okay, with their toys. If it's they fan made, made, it's fan made, and it's with like the actual toys. It's like them playing with the That's toys. Yeah, like it's yeah. it's meant to be like purposely like not bad, but like mm-hmm. like this is what the toys would actually be like. And it's like, okay, like I, I'm down for that idea. It's cool. Cause they're actual yeah. toys. If Disney made it, it would just be CGI toys. Right. Like that'd be stupid. Right. But like, yeah, honestly, Lightyear should probably be a live action movie though, because it's about a man. It's not about a toy. It's better about him. Yeah. I was like, it's the man, not the toy. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, have we heard anything out of, out it, of Chris Evans lately uh, on I, the Twitter? He's sphere? not playing Mario. 
Thank goodness he avoided he avoided well, that why one. Why would he want to be Let's Mario see. when he gets At- to be a man? The light the Lightyear trailer does drop this November for Encanto. So let me tell you, if the opening line of it is him saying some people it should be like some people say I'm a toy, but I say I'm a man. And yes, I'm giving him Vin Diesel's voice, even though it's Chris Evans. <laughs> <laughs> the movies. The movies. The man, not the toy. You know what I, I also <laughs> always think about? No, not always. But so in the trailer for Scoob, so total, really out there. So that Scooby-Doo movie that came out, or was supposed to come out in movie theaters, then it got you know sent home video because the theaters were closed. The first trailer for it, the first 90 minutes of it, not 90 minutes, not 90 minute trailer, the first 90 seconds of it are like Scooby and Shaggy sitting in a movie theater and going like, oh, and like Shaggy's like, hey man, we don't want to miss the trailers. And Scooby's like, in a world. And I'm like, there aren't trailers that open with in a world anymore. What is, like, what? Isn't this supposed to be like a modern version? Anyway, bad trailer, bad movie, don't recommend uh, so the latest thing that the man, not the toy, to get Chris back Evans to our last room, tweeted to get- <laughs> um, that he did. It wasn't a retweet. He uh, well, he quoted uh, him or yeah, himself. Uh, Damn, I'm not ready. And that was on Daniel Craig's farewell speech. However, he also retweeted Ty- uh, our other other uh, friend, Taiko Waititi, who's who uh, who retweeted. Something by uh, at the Abbey K, which says aim for the highest cloud so that if you miss it, you will hit a lofty mountain. Maori proverb. And then Taika said in all his wisdom, unless you're a pilot. Which, <laughs> <laughs> thank good, goodness. Good. Thank goodness for Taika. Yeah, Anyways, Taika. he's great. So can't wait to do his again, episode next week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So. Mm-hmm. I forgot what our point <laughs> Let's was. Let's get back I on track. I did too. Uh, I did too. Uh, we were talking art about style of animals. Oh, I just, oh you know what? No, wait, we will get to the art style of animals. But I do want to. I, I just said, let's not make live action Pixar movies. We agree on that, right? Like, no, we don't yes. need live action Finding Nemo. Um, so, <laughs> no, we're not. We're not going to chase. So bad. We're not going to chase it that right so now. Bad. <laughs> not, it would be so bad. <laughs> we're not going to chase that right now. Um, <laughs> So, um, so the Jungle Book 2016, Jungle Book 2016, much like Ghostbusters 2016, uh, yes. Jungle Book 2016, uh, has the, um, Lion King photorealistic style. This does not have a photorealistic style. And here's the thing. I'm very open to the idea of making these CGI animals expressive. However, I think some of these designs, the face is too big on them. So, like, specifically, Sheer Khan looks like a bobblehead in this movie. That's what I constantly thought. Whenever, <laughs> he does. He looks like he a bobblehead. He looks either like a bobblehead or he looks like, um, what's it? He looks like Stitch to me. Uh, like, his, he's just too big. His head huh. is too big for his body. And it really, it is. like, I, I cannot, like... I also don't, and I'll get to this. I don't think Cumberbatch is that good in this. Um, honestly, um, I think he is. He sounded a lot like Smaug. He's, it, it's what like it's it's a, and I it, the thing was his face. I couldn't like it's just I couldn't. It sounds weird to say that I like a CGI animal, but it's like the opposite problem of the Lion King, right? The Lion King, you don't get these facial expressions 
And so it's like, well, this, you know, I, I can't buy into this. In this case, it's like, you look nothing like a tiger to me. So I, I, I can't buy the threat of you because you look ridiculous. And yeah. I want to say also, just to have it on the record, Danny, the Lion King movie has those photorealistic animals and you hate it, but you like the 2016 Jungle Book movie is the same one. The key difference is, is that when you have a human interacting with it, I am willing to buy into it more. If it's all deadpan facials, and to be the actor in the 2016 Jungle Book movie really isn't a good kid actor. He does not do a great job, but he's there, which makes it all more tangible to me, right? Like, it's not yeah. like this is just animal stand, CGI animals standing around, and I can't, I can't buy into them. Um, so that's that's the difference. That, that is on record to be like, that's why I think the Jungle Book is good, even though The Lion King is terrible. Um, well, that's not why. I also think the Jungle Book is well made, but this isn't. This isn't a podcast about the Jungle Book. This is a podcast about Mowgli. Even though our next talking point is to compare the two all the way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so even though I didn't list it, let's uh, the kid. I want to talk about the kid in comparison quickly because Tyler hasn't seen it. This won't be just me talking though. Don't worry because we can still give our takes on the performances. But let's talk about the kid who plays Mowgli. I don't know the name of the kid yeah. here. I'd have to look it up. But the kid who plays uh, Mowgli in the Jungle Book movie Disney did is called Neil Sethi. Uh, he's called that. I don't know if this. No, it's Neil Sethi. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I remember that. Um, probably because my brother, my younger brother, hated that movie because he thought the kid actor was so bad. And he isn't good. <laughs> he really isn't that great in it. Um, but it's okay because he looks just like Mowgli and he's dressed just like Mowgli is in the Disney cartoon. So it's like, yeah, you know, like it's it's okay. I thought the kid here was really good, though. Um, yeah, yeah, his name is Rohan uh, Chand. I wonder if he's. Wonder if he has picked. I'm gonna check his letterbox. See if he's got like any ever got a follow up role for this. Even though, as I said earlier, I don't. Um, he's been in Mowgli. He's been in Jumanji. Welcome to the Jungle. Um, oh, he plays Kid at Bazaar. That's not and a he's good in role. Sur- that's not he's in Lone that. Survivor. Um, and he's in Bad Words. This he's is been a, in Mowgli is his last movie he made. Well, okay, his last movie Ooh, that was yeah, released. Is. That was released. Let's oh, his first film was Jack and Jill. <laughs> well, okay, let's be real. Not being he, a non-white person in an Adam Sandler comedy is never a good role to be blunt. <laughs> At least a late stage Adam Sandler movie, right? Like. To be very blunt, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So, and also, I, I actually remember who he is in Jumanji. He's like the kid who steals from them in the bazaar. Because there's like, old, there's only one role in that movie that would require an actual like kid in bazaar. Like you know, like thing. Like, yeah. Know. So, but like, this is a good performance. Maybe he'll like pop up after he's done. With, I assume he's in school right now. Maybe he'll pop up again in like some indie movies um down the road if he wants to continue acting. I'd like to see more from them. Um. He's he's good. Like uh, that's all I can say. Like he's very good in this. It's a good child performance. It's got mm-hmm. good emotion, and the fact that he's acting off. Well, he's not acting off of nothing. Cause the actors were there in mocap here. This is a different like, and that's what make why they have faces on there because they're act. I believe the actors were there during filming, weren't they? They weren't like in the studio yeah, doing yeah, mocap they later. Yeah. So like, yep. it makes sense. He's able to play off of them the way he does, but like, it's a good performance. Like. That's all I can say. Like he was really good. I thought he was great. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I I really I liked I like this Mowgli. Um, 
I've I've not seen Jungle Book 2016, so John or should we call it like Zack Snyder's Justice League? John Favreau's. I like I know I like I like Jungle Book 2016 because I feel like I feel okay. like because the thing is, is 2016 is such an evocative year for so many reasons. The fact that we had Jungle Book 2016, we had Ghostbusters 2016, all that makes sense. It it, it, it okay. it's unfortunate, but it makes sense why we name these movies by the year because <laughs> 2016 okay. was a time. <laughs> Uh, so, but now we'll move on to the actors that you can judge about watching the performance because you know them. So, yeah. So, uh, Ka, let's start with Ka because that is the first character to speak, um, in Mowgli and Ka is the snake, um, is the Python, correct? Python. Yeah, I think it's Python. So Kate Blanchett does the voice um very very reminiscent of uh lord of the rings yes um was in, not a intro. fan of that <laughs> however i i i wasn't a fan it does what they're wanting it to do is to you know to set the scene um it doesn't work and the sp- only reason that i buy it the only reason i buy it for this um for this film is because Ka in this film is much like the elephant character in that it's a god slash goddess. And that's more their role um, in in this film. So it doesn't work for me just because of the casting. If it was anyone else, it wouldn't be distracting. Gotcha. But it's Kate Blanchett. Yeah. We have Andy Serkis here. So, you know, the whole pitch of this movie is always, it's, lore, it's Jungle Book, Lore of the Rings. You know, like that was probably what the pitch of this was. Uh, yeah. So it, it being Kate Blanchett, it immediately just makes me like, oh, this is like Lord of the Rings. So that's why it doesn't work to me. Um, gotcha. I think Ka is such an interesting character in both the movies because they're both actually really not in it much. ScarJo has like, like in the the Disney movie, she has only one scene in the uh, Jungle Book twenty sixteen. Um, so yeah. Ka is a bigger role here, but I also just like. It's, I think there are some good performances here, but I think Kate Blanchett to me just feels like she was in a recording booth. Just saying, like that's that's where I'm at. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't feel that yeah. special. Um, it feel like to compare. Well, and and I think I think using a snake who's supposed to be the guiding the guiding hand for Mowgli to help him is like the guiding hand of the god of the gods to guide Mowgli along the way to keep him on you know on on his path um I feel like the snake is not exactly the the best choice like because we don't really get that expression yeah that's you know, yeah that's true from that like, from that animal I felt like I could see both circus and Bale in like their mocap you know if you look at them you can see them yes. in the mocap but with Kate Blanchett oh, yeah. you really can't I was going to say also like comparing it to totally different tone of movie but it's the blockbuster Kate Blanchett was in around the same time is Thor Ragnarok I don't think Hela Hela is probably the weak point of Thor Ragnarok right if there is a weak point of Thor Ragnarok I would say it's Hela I think Kate Blanchett still seems more into that role than she does here you know like it still seems like she's trying to like give it something to me here it was just kind of yeah. like she's recording even though I guess she was on set you know it didn't but it doesn't feel like it but yeah yeah um, yeah so the next one we have to talk about is Baloo, which is Andy Serkis in this one and Bill Murray in the other one. Bill freaking now, Murray. Andy, let me 
So we haven't got to the scene yet, but it went to streaming. But I would say the secondary reason I'd say this went to streaming is the character design of Baloo. Because I do not think he looks appealing at all. And I kind of like that about him. I like that it's like a big, ugly bear. I, I like... Yeah, well, he's he's more of like a drill sergeant, uh, like a drill sergeant, uh, a drill um, sergeant. mentor, like rough mentor, you know. Um, well, it's weird in this one, and I like I like that he's all beat up and grizzled. He's a grizzled bear, not a grizzly bear. He's a grizzled bear. Um, I like I like that. I still wish we got Bill Murray in this movie somewhere. Well, but anyways, I, my, okay. Well, my issue—it's kind of with the tone of the movie to me, which is like you—you can make dark, like you can make dark and gritty Jungle Book. I don't care. Every blockbuster that's good, including the dark and gritty ones, have comic relief. Dark Knight always is the one that's pulled up like this one. Yeah. so dark and gritty. Very funny movie. Even when you ignore the Joker stuff, like Alfred gets jokes, like. Gordon gets jokes. Even Batman gets in on the jokes. Right? There are jokes there. I think this movie is severely lacking in the joke department. Yeah. And that's because Baloo has been recreated into this very serious character. Which is fine in theory if we replace him with another funny character. I would say this movie has two oh, funny characters. Yeah. Both of which yeah, are the I new characters yeah. they added to it. Over one of them is a bad guy and the the other one we'll talk about when we get to him. <laughs> I cannot talk about him until we're ready to completely deep dive into that character. <laughs> um, but that's that's really because the thing is like okay. the circus is a funny guy. <laughs> uh, I was thinking I don't know if you've seen the Adventures of Tintin. I've seen it once and it was like on a bus. But he plays Captain Haddock in it, and like it's a funny performance. And that's what I was hoping from his blue here. And you can still like have him be serious and be a drill sergeant and have jokes. Like, it's like, they're like, we love you, Mowgli. I'm like, do you? Because I really don't get any love from Baloo. I don't really get any love from Bagheera other than like, oh, we want you to stick around because you can probably protect us. Like, yeah, that's the cold animal way. But it's also like, you know, the whole point of this movie hinges on like Mowgli's going to go back to his animal family. But like, they don't really appreciate him. So like, and they don't really do a good job of showing it. The closest it comes is Baloo. Getting mad at Bagheera after like um, Mowgli loses the running, but even then, the first thing Baloo says to Mowgli is, "I told you to watch your back." Like, you know, like there's really no sympathy, and I, I'm just kind of like, that's what that's that's really my big issue with the movie is like, it should still be fun. Like, this is a, it's not a movie for children, but it's a movie about a child, right? So there should still be an element of. When Mowgli is discovering, like, oh, I can run around like this and, and be better than my wolf. That should be fun. Like, I'm not saying it needs to be, like, I'm not saying, like, I'm not saying it needs to be a Marvel movie, you know, like, as some folks would say. Um, but it should have an element of kid watching this and be like, oh, I want to be Mowgli, you know? That's, yeah, yeah. Mm. Andy Circus, like he's fine. I just don't like the interpretation of the character, and I think the idea of Bill Murray doing this blue, <laughs> I would be very interested in that. Uh, I'm sure it would be a better performance. I'm sure Bill Murray would ablit some stuff, you know, like wouldn't he wouldn't just leave it the way it is. But he's also yeah. like Bill Murray's interesting in the 2016 one because he also feels very 
just phoning in his lines, but the difference is it's Bill Murray, so you don't really care. Like, Bill Murray can phone in his lines, and it's still, like, Bill Murray, oh, it sounds bored half the time anyway. So, like, it's right. okay. I buy that, I buy this blue, and, um, yeah, I buy this blue. I saw him as a very rough, very rough coach who's got to, he's got to put on, one face of not being partial toward any one particular um, student, um, you know, such as just Mowgli. Um, But he also, deep down, he knows that Mowgli does not have a chance to do something that's geared just for wolves to prove themselves because he's not a a wolf, you know? Um, so he's also got but that. The thing that is, it's so cool, is like Mowgli does do a good job at the running. That's the important thing. To make. Like Mowgli, yeah, he he almost wins. Like that's what like that was what kind of my like feeling going into that scene was like, uh, where's the tension here? We know Mowgli's gonna lose, but then Mowgli actually started putting up a good fight. So I was like, oh, it'd be interesting if he won. And then he still doesn't win, but the fact that I thought he was going to is like exciting to me. Yeah, know? that's like that's good filmmaking to me. Uh, is like going into that set piece expecting to be like, a, this is a waste of time, and then. Yes, technically it still is a waste of time, but it hurts because you actually started believing he might do it. Right, right, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's... That moment serves as... The, uh, yeah, it's almost like that moment serves as the audience surrogate. At, you know? Uh, yeah, Mowgli, Mowgli is the audience surrogate. Yeah. Which is kind of a... It works, but there should be another one. Even though... I could say there's enough one, but I promise I'm not going to speak about him until we get too to soon. Uh-huh. So <laughs> too soon. the next soon. the next character is Bagheera. Um, in Mowgli, Bagheera is played by Christian Bale. In uh, T- Jungle Book 2016, Ben Kingsley um, plays uh, Bagheera. Also, Ben Kingsley is Trevor Slattery in the MCU. Um, Christian Bale will be Gore the God Butcher in Thor Loves His Thunder. Oh. And to be clear, to, to, to recap, uh, Kate Blanchett was Hela and Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow and Andy Serkis was uh, Claw. And unfortunately, Bill Murray has not shown up yet. Not yet. Not That's, yet. Not yet. But hey, our next ones are also two MCU actors that I'm looking at. <laughs> That's kind of amusing. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so. First, I want to say Ben Kingsley is still good in Jungle Book 2016. I, I, he's actually surprisingly a pretty good fit. For I, the role. because of the pairing of Bill Murray and Ben Kingsley, I am compelled to actually watch Jungle Book 2016 now. It's really nice. And like the weird thing about that movie is, I, I also mentioned briefly, is like it's one of the few times the nostalgia in these movies worked for me because the score integrates the music from the jungle book really well mm-hmm. specifically and i think you might i don't know if you ever saw the trailer for it but there was a trailer i just know got me hyped i just know christopher walken like a, sings that's all i know <laughs> well but the orchestrated version of the bare necessities that they use at points in it as like the epic music yeah. actually works really well and it's really exciting whenever it kicks in. Because you go, ah, oh, this reminds me of my childhood, but it's also really cool. Because Mowgli's on vines and he's swinging. This is exactly what I remember liking when I was five. Uh, like, it, I, 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 again, I hate Disney. I hate them weaponizing my nostalgia. But Jungle Book 2016, it's the one that did it for me. You know, like, everyone has one that works for them. And that one was the one for me. Um, but anyway, uh, 
that all that said about Ben Kingsley, I actually think Bale Bale is the clear highlight of this movie. Yeah. He's easily the best part of it. Outside of maybe the kid. Um and he is definitely better than Ben Kingsley. He has a lot to do here. He's the one I see most through the mocap with his facial acting. Mm-hmm. Um and also it's just like he doesn't often do voice or mocap roles. No, I think this was so his third. I, this was his third voice role, I believe. Isn't he like in Pocahontas? Yeah, like when he was a kid. Yeah, but the, no, yeah, yeah. he um, plays. Uh, doesn't he play? No, I was gonna say he, he plays was John. That was around when news. I was like, he plays with... John Smith, doesn't he? And then I'm like, no, no that's, Mel, that's Gibson, Mel Gibson. We don't talk about exactly. We don't talk about him exactly. <laughs> we don't. He's he's canceled. Uh, to say the least, uh, <laughs> multiple uh, times. <laughs> but Bale, like, so the thing is with Bale is like, yeah, he has a distinct voice, but I also combine him being Bagheera. Whereas weirdly, Andy Circus has become this character. You know, he pops up in everything. So I'm like, oh, there's Andy Circus. You know, mm-hmm. like he's good. Like I'm always like, ah, Andy Circus is here. But like, Bale was the one who melted most into his role, I'd say. Mm. And he's very good here. Like, well. He's the most of these retaining characters. Uh, Bale, <laughs> Bale played. He he was the like. Bale seemed more of a. Bale's Bagheera seemed more of a father figure to Mowgli than what Akila, which is his wolf dad, Mowgli's wolf dad, did for me in this film. Yeah, well, I would. And say I think that's because Baloo. of when he, you know what at the end of that race you were talking about where Mowgli's about to win it. And then Bagheera jumps, just totally sideswipes uh, Christian Bale. I mean, <laughs> Christian Bale, he sideswipes Mowgli. <laughs> Christian Bale just, I just imagine Mowgli <laughs> just suddenly being live action Christian Bale in a white cloth. <laughs> <laughs> so Christian and Bale. He's like, what? Yeah. He's like, <laughs> Bagheera sideswipes. Sideswipes. <laughs> so glad we got to finally see Christian Bale play Black Panther. Sorry. <laughs> uh, he, yeah. Bagheera sideswipes uh, Mowgli and just takes him out from the rest of the thing. And like uh, seeing him do that in the conversation that Bagheera and Mowgli had beforehand about how Bagheera's like, look, you're most likely going to lose. And if you lose, promise me that you will go to the village because that's where Shere Khan will leave you alone. Um, even though Shere well, Khan is going down and killing their cows. So, yeah. yeah. What I think is interesting also is Bale, um, well, to compare Bagheera and Baloo here, is that, you know, in the original story, and by the original story, I mean the original Disney movie, because that's, I'm not going to lie, I haven't read the book, uh, they are the father figures. You know, the wolves are barely in it. It's Baloo and Bagheera. Yeah. And, like, you know, Baloo's the fun one and Bagheera's the serious one. But in this one, I'd say... Neither of them are particularly fun, but Bagheera seems actually like he's more willing to listen, which is weird because it's not a dynamic. Again, it was something where like this movie to me takes such interesting swings with the source material that I'm like, yeah, sure. Like I'm down for this aspect. I wish I still had a fun blue, but like this more, I think he's actually, even though he can be like a little tough love, he does seem more loving to me than what I usually see of Bagheera, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, this is an, I, th- I thought it was in the, it's hard for warmth to come through on a motion capture performance, and it yeah. does. Yeah, um, and I do want to give some credit to the animators because you know you, you gotta give you gotta give some credit to the animators always, you know. Because even though I understand it's a little janky at points in this movie, 
I blame probably Netflix probably cut the budget once they acquired it from Warner Brothers. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, like Bale's good. Uh, so the next one is Sheer Khan. Khan. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch for Mowgli and Ben Ke- or Idris Elba for Jungle Book 2016. Um, so, yeah. I'm going to be very blunt here. Cumberbatch, Cumberbatch. Idris Elba is the best part of Jungle Book 2016. Is he? Act of these, uh, yes. He is great. He is the, like, that was the year that was really lame because Idris Elba kept popping up in blockbusters, but he was only ever his voice. Yeah. But in Jungle Book, he is so like intimidating. Even though, if you remember, in like the in the Disney and in this like the original Disney, Shere Khan kind of just sits around the whole thing. He doesn't really hunt for Mowgli, right? And that's what happens in that one. But like he, Idris Elba gives him so much presence with just the voice acting. Um, he's such a memorable part of that movie. He is really like the best part of Jungle Book 2016. He was like, I don't know if he was my favorite villain that year, but he was up there. Mm. And that was the year of Zemo. Zemo. Um, I don't want to over. I don't want to overhype him though, because I know I think you will like Zemo more than you like Shere Khan in the 2016 Jungle Book movie. But Idris is so good there. But, uh, our boy Benny comes. Mm, I'll let you start on him. <laughs> um. Well, first off, promise me that we will never call him <laughs> Benny. Benny comes yeah, exactly. Yes. Please. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, anyways. <laughs> So I thought Cumberbatch was was phoning this one in. Um, it it sounded a lot like Smaug, and like you said, it was Bobblehead uh, Tiger. There's no presence um, for this character. There's more I presence thought, for the side. I thought that the presence he had was from other characters, Mowgli and others, like talking about him and like them talking about him being this ever ever surrounding presence in in the jungle but that the most damning thing i could say about him in this movie is is i think his presence come from the sheer like no no pun intended but like the fact that we know sheer khan is supposed to be like the bit like he's the scary person from the jungle Mm -hmm. that is where the 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 and the comparison i want to make that's damning is that it's like how in Suicide Squad 2016, another another movie I have to label by 2016. What a year! Uh, in Suicide Squad 2016, where you know Jared Leto's Joker is like, oh, it's Jared Leto's Joker. We're supposed to be scared of him, and nothing in the actual performance gives you that. Yeah, it's just like, oh, it's the Joker. He's here. The Joker's here, and it's like, that's what Shere Khan is like. Oh, Shere Khan's here. Okay, like there's nothing to him. It's just like, oh, you know, but yeah. That's why, like, he's Jared Leto's joke. He's not as bad. He's just more forgettable. Yeah. He's just forgettable. Yeah. Yeah. Which is not what Shere Khan should be. Especially when the Idris Elba one, I know you haven't seen it, but the Idris Elba one is so good. Like, such a good performance, vocal performance. Um, but yeah. Uh, so then the next character is Akila, which is Mowgli's wolf dad. Um, and in Mowgli, uh, Peter Mullen plays Akila and Eddie Martin. No. What? Oh, it's Peter so Mullen Akeela and Eddie Marson. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Akila is the wolf, is technically the chief of the tribe. Eddie Marson is the one who's married, married, made it. Let's go with that. I'm sure they didn't get to have a ceremony um, with um, the person who's uh, Mowgli's mom. 
so Aquila's the alpha and uh, Eddie Marsden plays the actual like dad character. And we don't have him listed because he's not a really interesting character. But Jack Rayner plays his brother. Yeah. A Mowgli's brother who's literally just named brother. Um, brother Wolf. But yeah. Yeah. In the the, the what's it? The, the other movie. Jungle Book 2016. <laughs> Jungle Book. Yeah. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito plays. Him. Uh, I'll be very honest. Esposito is very forgettable in. Um, well, OK, he has the dark scene. You know how this movie has a ton of dark scenes. The darkest scene in Jungle Book 2016 is the death of Giancarlo Esposito's character. So in that case, I remembered him. Um, but. Yes, whatever. I think Eddie Marson is forgettable here, but I think Peter Mullen does a very good job, especially because I've never heard of this actor. Before. Yeah, um, same. I think he does a good job. He, does, he has a lot of presence. Mm-hmm. Um, he sells the lines really well. He just feels very world weary and tired. He seems to me like in a way he's tired of being alive, but he knows if he retires that like and by retires, I mean, like steps down from being the alpha. Yeah, the pack will fall apart. Yep. Um, it's a it's a it's a good role and he does it well. I don't know. I don't really think that I, I'll be very honest. Uh, this one and the mom, I don't think I have a lot to say about. So it's like, yeah, it's, it was good. Yeah. Um, well, then. Uh, so in. So Mowgli's wolf mom um, is named Raksha in the Mowgli movie, but is named uh, Nisha in the Jungle Book 2016. So in Mowgli, Naomi Harris plays Raksha and Lupita Nyong'o. Who will be returning and Venom Let There Be Carnage. <laughs> what? Oh, wait. We forgot to do something very important with Eddie Marsden. Uh, villain of Deadpool 2. All right. We gave him his Marvel credit. Go on. <laughs> and Esposito Eddie- <laughs> hasn't been in the MCU yet. No, he hasn't been in the MCU Not yet. Not yet. Yet. That's actually really weird that he hasn't. That's true. But I'm sure he's busy with Mando right yeah. now. Yeah. So. Um, so. Was he on one of the Netflix shows? I feel like he might have been on one of the Netflix shows briefly. I don't know. Um, Maybe. But anyway. I don't know. Lupita Nyong'o, who is Nakia, a.k.a. Please, if the next Black Panther is a woman, please let it be Nakia. On the record. I still want M'Baku, but make it Nakia, please. Fingers crossed. But yeah. So Um, yeah. um, What's your... I... Naomi Harris as Raksha, I don't really... It's a nothing role. Lupita is better because she has more to do. Gotcha. Okay. It's one of those things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's this. Also, let's. Be, Naomi Harris is a great actress. Like really great. Moonlight, phenomenal movie. Um, and she's really good in it. Obviously, I wouldn't be bringing it up to like, oh, phenomenal movie that she happened to be in. It. She's good in it. But Lupita Nyong'o is like one of the best actors working. Like, she's like, hate to be like next level, but like she is next level. Got, sorry. Sorry, Naomi. Love you, but sorry. And then our last character, uh, our cast comparison category is labeled secondary antagonist, um, which is Christopher Walken as King Louis for Jungle Book 2016 and Matthew Reese, who plays Tequila, uh, the hyena in uh, Mowgli. No, no. Whoa, 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 whoa. Then you put the wrong name, buddy. I'm sorry to break it to you. Tequila the Hyena is Tom Hollander, who we'll be talking about soon. Yeah. I'm in the secondary antagonist is Matthew Reese, who's the hunter, who I can't remember. I don't even think we give it. Yeah. It's Locksmith. Isn't it? John it's Lockwood. Like, it's Locksmith. It's John Lockwood because Lockwood. it's implied. Lockwood. It's implied that the hunter. Okay. 
So it's implied that the hunter is the father or the grandfather of Rudyard (laughs) Kipling and tells the stories of Mowgli and the jungle to the author of the jungle book. He died. He got gored by an elephant. Maybe he didn't die. I don't know if. That would be pretty amazing. He'd be like, yeah, I got gored by an elephant because of this kid I took. Write that in your book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, like, I have to say, like, what a story to tell at parties. Like, oh, oh, he's like, oh, my stomach hurts. He's like, oh, was there something in the food? No, this just happens sometimes. I was gored by an elephant once. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um. Okay, so I've now... <laughs> Relabeled it Matthew Reese, John Lockwood the Hunter. So, yeah, there we go. Um, may I just say, I looked at the cast before this started and I was like, oh, Matthew Reese is in that. I wonder what character he's playing. And I was shocked to see him show up in live action. I just think he was going to be an animal. Yeah. I was like, whoa, Matthew Reese is here. Um, before I talk about him, though, I'll get King Louie out of the way. Um, not really threatening. But Christopher Walken as a giant singing uh, orangutan. orangutan, yeah, can't can't say I wasn't entertained. Like it was, it was a it's a memorable scene. You, um, ooh, ooh. <laughs> I want to be, I want to like, be like you, uh, ooh, you. Ooh, 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 ooh. I uh, I also think uh, I think it's very interesting to cast Christopher Walken in that role because I think uh, I think King Louis, if you really look like. Now, I know people go, don't read too much in these movies, but in the 60s, animated movies had racism baked into them. I'm just yep. saying uh, King Louie is a racist character, and you put casting Christopher Walken as him is a pretty good way to just completely get rid of that subtext. Because <laughs> if it's Christopher Walken, you're just like, oh, it's Christopher Walken. Like, there's no, like, there's no deeper subtext to it if it's Christopher Walken there, you know? Like, that's it. Um deeper racist subtext to be clear uh in case that wasn't obvious but Matthew Reese um he's good he's also not in it this much but he is pretty he kind of does because Mowgli is silent even not to say that silence does like he's Mowgli's still acting really well and carrying these scenes yeah but John Lockwood kind of carries the narrative a bit um and he can be he's like he's like the realistic menace here which to me kind of makes the movie darker, you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, I like him. Like, it's, it's like, he's good. Well, my, it's he, an interesting character to have. He served, <laughs> he served as like, here was Bagheera saying, go to the village and you'll be safe because you're getting away from the one thing that we're afraid of, which is Shere Khan. And then Mowgli goes to the village and Bagheera would think, okay, he's safe. However, there's Matthew, you know, Matthew Reese's character, and it just... Well, the thing is, Matthew Reese's character is kind of like trying to be the adopted dad. Too. Kind of, yeah. But but then... But it's also just... That that tent scene was just really weird. I think there's also, to me, maybe I'm reading too... This, this is might be me watching this. I think there's a weird level of it feeling like exoticism to him. Like, he's the one white man in the match. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it feels very much like he's taking in this kid who's a wild kid so he can be like, look, I tamed the savage. That's the subtext I get yeah. there. And I'm like, that. Yeah. well, the thing is, it's, it's like, point. I think that's intentional subtext. I think it's, uh, 
And I think it's, I'm like, again, Andy Serkis, I'm like, well, this is an interesting thing to put in your movie. And I, I think you're actually doing, I think he does a pretty good job. With yeah. Um, and it's never really drawn attention to. It just feels like this is the one white guy here. And it doesn't. Also, and he's he's really acting like he's in charge of everyone here, even though he was hired. Yeah. He, like, we're told he's a hunter who was hired to come. But he's acting like he's king of the village. So you know? so talking talking about the subtext, I also wanted to bring up notice with the majority of the animals and the voices when they spoke, it was either in they, they spoke, uh, they spoke, I don't want to say British English, but it was English with the British dialect or they spoke standard English, which is mid Atlantic. Yeah. 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 I know what you're saying. Yeah. To be fair, though, like the three big actors in this are British. Exactly. Exactly. However, I I do want to point out like they could have casted other people, but I think there's also subtext there in that in India. I was going to say, not going to lie, looking at this cast right now, this is a very white cast. No, it's it's, that's that's (laughs) it's my it's my point (laughs) is my point is is India was uh, Britain tried to colonize India. And I think that having these characters, they spoke English and, you know, even though they were animals. okay, so they were animals and they were speaking in the movie. Do what? Hindi is in the movie. Yeah, it well, is. is it is. Movie, it is. And I'm glad I'm glad that they have that and that they. Well, no, I'm, I'm saying I think that's that goes with your. Yeah, point. I think the fact that he goes to the village and there are people speaking Hindi and the bad guy is still speaking English is a very interesting. I don't know what it means, but I think there's intention. To yes. It, you know? Yes. Like that's the thing. And it's then like, oh, like, this is interesting. And then I think I think what the animals are speaking um, are speaking English and the majority of them speak with more of a standard um speech that i think that also been, speaks on to that on that subtext i think like i'm curious what what, what would have not that this would happen because this is me like backseat directing well what if the elephant spoke but only in hindi i think that would have been an interesting choice they would yeah and we could have also had what if because the elephant seems what like if been around there longer than Kong. see i think like the because the elephant i think the elephant that was covered in that was like part of the jungle that moss. was all covered in the yeah. moss and stuff. That one was more of like a god or a goddess. And yeah. if Ka is also supposed to be a goddess, then I think you need to have that character speak in Hindi then. And, yeah. you know. And, I, and again, I don't think like it's kind of the same thing with Scarlett Johansson. You didn't need a big actor for Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. For Ka. Yeah. Here, I definitely think you could have found an Indian actress. Um, like, if any of these people are expendable, it's Kate Blanchett. And you could have it in Hindi, or you can even have it, you know, like, if you want to have the subtext of the gods being the the jungle. Mm-hmm. I also think, maybe maybe I shouldn't. At this point, we're directing the movie, you know what I mean? Like, yes. I like I like this what if, but it's like, eh. But, like, we're also, we, we can't really have authority on the racial subtext of this, because we're not both, well, we're, we're not Andy Circus, you know? Like, we don't really know what's going through right, around here. Right, right. This is, Yeah. Um, but yeah, should we move on? Yeah. To the two big animal characters? Yeah, the two big so, new animals. So we had Tom Holland-er as the hyena, um, also named who's a tequila. tequila, who it's to 
Interesting character. The na- interesting character. <laughs> the name isn't Tequila. The character's name isn't Tequila, but it's, I forgot what the character. He feels name. like he's uh, drinking. Tequila yeah, the whole yeah. Movie. He's the performance has so much more presses than Benedict Cumberbatch. Yes, it's 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 very interesting. A lot of interesting choices are being made. I don't think any of them are bad. They're just all very memorable. Now, in uh, in the book, this character is actually a jackal. Um, but this character also has fits of where he just goes in ra- in like a killing rampage and like it like lose not loses consciousness, but like it's as if something else takes over and it just goes on this killing rampage and Shere Khan has to keep the jackal under control. And I think that would have kind of been cool to to delve into it you know delve into that a little bit with uh with this one with this film but i still think even without that like this character is like the design is so gross yes always like flies around his mouth there's like a scene where like Mowgli like you think like he's gonna attack Mowgli when Mowgli goes to talk to him but instead he just kind of mopes at the lake and he's just it's it's a weird character but I and also what's great is like during the final climax, he just runs away. He's like, nah, I'm out. Yep. And it's it's I like this character. Uh, I actually don't have too much to say about he's him. like a, just other than the fact that like he's interested. Like I liked him. Like he is the scare, not the scariest, but he's he's the closest the movie has to comic relief to me because he's just very. Yeah. Goofy. Yeah. <laughs> he he's not threatening, but he's goofy. He was like a gremlin hyena is what is what he was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we have Andy Serkis's 10 year old son plays boot boot. Um, All right. So I think that's the end of this episode then. Um, no, I have to talk (laughs) about boot. So boot, boot, boot is, I kept saying maybe Christian Bell's not a part of this movie. Maybe the kid is boot might not be the best performance in the movie. I think he's fine. He's good. Um, he's the most, he is what I was thinking about this movie as soon as, honestly, as soon as Boot showed up, I was thinking about him. Because Boot shows up and he's a very precocious 10 year old, well, you know, like equivalent of Mowgli's age as a wolf, a baby cub. He's so cute. He's so, like, the design is so much cuter than any of the other animals in this movie. Yeah. Like, I think you'd agree with me there. Like, it's an adorable design. And you're just kind of like, oh, Boot. And I honestly kept thinking, uh, at a certain point, I was like, you know, this is like, you've seen that meme, right? Uh, I'm just going to say the meme right now, but about Boot. It's like, the way I would make, the one thing I would change this movie is that anytime Boot wasn't on screen, I'd have every character on screen going, hey, where's Boot? Because I thought Boot was incredible. Because Boot's like, hey, buddy, Mowgli, you're my best friend. Ow, I'm getting beat up. My mom doesn't seem to care about this, but it's okay. I'll shrug it off. Because I got my best friend, Mowgli, with me. Mowgli, we are special and we're different and we're friends. Nobody likes me because I'm ugly, but you like me because I'm Boot. Boot! And I kept it's, going, Boot! Like, literally, whenever Boot walked up on screen, I was like, Boot! <laughs> it's like, so, it's so heartbreaking when this character... <laughs> well, we, no, just listen. When this character says okay. to Mowgli, like, he's, Mowgli's like, why are you here and he's like, because you're my best friend. And I'm like, oh, oh I was like, I was like, I was like oh, I and then Mowgli's like, 
no, you're only here because yes. no one likes you. No one accepts you or something. Was so, I was like, I was like, I oh, so, that is so like, bad. Oh, no. I was like, that is so. God, <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't usually get that involved with uh, movies on my TV, but when, when Boot was on screen, I was so into it. And then <laughs> I'm I'm laughing because to me this is so ridiculous that like. Warner Brothers, like, this is why Warner Brothers, this is why, I'm shocked Netflix let still be in the movie. So, Matthew Reese's character, John Lockwood, is presented to us as a good hunter. Like, you know, like, like not a bad person. He's just a hunter who's been hired because, you know, the tiger is killing the sheep. But then Mowgli wanders down to the basement after he's drunk and sees all these um, stuffed animals. You know, he sees, like, a snake. I think, he, I can't remember what else he's, but then he sees... Boot. The head of Boot smiling. I was like, I literally go, because like, the thing was, <laughs> I'll be totally honest. So Boot, after Mowgli yells at him, disappears from the movie for a bit. And then I just kept going, like, every, like, three minutes, I was like, where's Boot? I, I was audibly just saying that. I was like, come on, give me some Boot. Get, come back to Honestly, Boot. where's Boot? I, I don't think, <laughs> I don't remember seeing Boot. After, after show up again. No, Mowgli, no. the last words Mowgli says, says to, him, to him, anyone says to him, is like, yeah, is nobody likes you. It, and then we saw Boots, and he's smiling, his corpse, and I was like, Boot, I literally went, Boot, no. <laughs> I was, um, I didn't, I didn't cry. I was, I was upset in like a very goofy way. I was like, Boot, no. I, and I, I can't, like, Andy Serkis was like, hey, son, do you want to be in this Jungle Book movie of mine? You get to play Mowgli's best friend. It's a very funny oh. like, And then he goes to the premiere of the movie and he goes, dad, why am I not in the end of this movie? He's like, you'll see, son. And then <laughs> Dead Boot appears on screen. I just imagine poor, and his name, I think, is like Lewis. I think, I just imagine poor Lou just staring at the premiere going, ah! Like, just screaming. That is why this movie has not been in the theaters. Because you see, the, the, he's the cute animal psychic. And he dies. And we see the corpse. What? <laughs> Do you have anything to say about Boot? I think Boot is phenomenal. Even before he died, I was like, this character is great. I love him. He's so cute. Honestly, (laughs) I I honestly did. Like, each time he showed up, I was like, where did you come from? Like, what are you doing? That's why he's great. He's in a a totally... That's what... Kind of... Okay. So, last Jedi discussion, but not really. Okay. So, when I was in film school, I had to take... I think I've talked about this before, actually, but I'll repeat it to people who might not remember is I took a film criticism course where it was more like, it was total BS. You just made up stuff. Um, and I decided, even though I liked The Last Jedi, I decided to be annoying in my class and to write and argue the best part of the movie is the Canto Bite scene, which, on the record, as a fan of TLJ, not a great moment of the movie still. It's still not not a good time. Um, the whole movie. But my argument was, stop! <laughs> we're not going on the... But my argument was, is that Finn plays a character... Finn's role in The Last Jedi, and I don't actually agree with this argument. It was just an argument I made for the paper. It's like, um... Does Finn, like does Finn play a character? Stop does he, though? It. I'm not, let, me, let me get to my point so we can get back to <laughs> yeah. it. 
is that I argued, and I think, I, have I not told you this story before? Because I think you'll appreciate where I took the essay. Because it's such a I don't think I've job. heard it, yeah. I, so, uh, I argued that Finn and Rose are designed to be the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead of Star Wars. <laughs> which is such a ridiculous take to take. Which is like, Finn doesn't, the argument is, Finn doesn't want to be in a Star Wars movie. But unfortunately he is, which means he's going to be stuck here. Even at the end of the movie where he tries to commit suicide and have heroic death. The Disney machine comes in and goes, nope, you can't quit. You're stuck here, Finn. That is Finn's role in The Last Jedi. Which, I think it's a BS thing. But my point here is, is that <laughs> Boot is in a totally different movie. Boot is in the fun version of this movie. And he will randomly walk in and go like, why is everyone here so serious? I'm getting beat up, but I'm okay. And then he dies for it. He is the opposite of my Finn argument. He he thought he was in a fun movie, but he isn't. And he paid the price. <laughs> and he's a, he's a kid. Like, he is the cute kid character. <sighs> Boot is great. I loved Boot. <laughs> Poor Boot. Justice for Boot. Oh, my gosh. Give me a Boot movie where it's revealed that, like, the bottom half of his body is somehow no. He has like a robot no. head now. He has a robot head no, now. No, Danny, no. No. He has a prosthetic robot head. Moving on. That's, uh, where is Boot Legend of the Jungle? <laughs> CGI Legend of um, Netflix. Uh, we have one last point about story structure. I'll just make it quick. Is that I was surprised he got to the human village so early in the movie, really. It's like 40 minutes in. I was like, where is this movie going to go after that? And, you know, it, it kept me surprised. It was good, you know? Yeah. I think we should start wrapping up. I don't have much yeah. to say. Yeah, I don't have much to say about yeah. story yeah. structure. Yeah. Okay, so predictions. It's interesting. It's inter- At least let me say it's interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Uh, so <laughs> my predictions for Venom and Andy Serkis. Uh, what do you get when Tom Hardy... Woody Harrelson and Andy Serkis are given the freedom to ham it up on screen. Venom, let there be carnage. I'm looking forward to seeing this in a few weeks. My predict is I predict that there will be carnage. Uh, if Andy Serkis can kill off his own son, playing a cute baby wolf, he can kill anyone. No one is safe in Venom. Let there be carnage. That should have been like, okay, so you know the trailer, the stupid trailer previews that we keep getting? Yeah, instead of actually being any footage from Venom 2, it just needed to be the scene revealing the head of Boot from Mowgli. And then he's like, Boot! He's like, no! And then we go to, yummy! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what I will also add to this is, um, I want to make a quick point, is that the aspect ratio of Brave was incredibly wide, and the aspect ratio of Mowgli was standard wide, and I don't know if you've, the trailers for Venom are like TV aspect ratio. So I'm wondering if like he's just constantly like like maybe my aspect ratio should be a little smaller. Maybe that's a, that's maybe that's running through Andy's mind. I don't know. Um, would you rewatch Mowgli? Yeah, yeah, maybe like in two years, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't, I don't think I ever will. Maybe maybe I'll rewatch the boot scenes so I can make a like. A cheesy YouTube video from like 2003 that's like R.I.P. Boot. <laughs> really well, no, you're just you're just going to take. You're I'm gonna, gonna take it to the end song of Avengers Infinity. <laughs> you're gonna take. <laughs> you're gonna take the uh, the first 
have I ever told you how I think Avengers Infinity War should have ended? It's it's uh, it should have ended right as Thanos saying you should have went for the head and then he snaps and as soon as he snaps we go to black and then immediately <laughs> and then <laughs> and then immediately he snaps we go to black and then Kansas Dust in the Wind starts playing all we are is dust in the wind <laughs> and then in game should have opened with all of them yeah you know, what, you know what would have been great is that it opens with them, but it's this scene is like, we wanted to make this be like a Guardians of the Galaxy scene, so we just hear, what a boom, 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 a number one bunch <laughs> of every single person who died. Oh no. Oh. <laughs> uh, Alright, all right. I think we, we, we've, we've dissected the films of Andy Serkin more, more, more Mowgli than anything. Yeah. But yeah. What a movie. Boom. <laughs> Boot. I miss boots. <laughs> I want. I want more boots. <laughs> Where's boots? <laughs> Where's my boot? <laughs> Sequel. Uh, Where's boots? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Why Is with Ty and Dan. We can be found on various podcasting platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, and on our website Why Is with Ty Dan you can also contact us by email at whyiswithtydan at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at whyiswithtydan1 because I'm number one. You can Boot also follow number one. me, Danny Vince. <laughs> Boot is number one in all of our hearts. I'm going to, I'm going to, when we talk about Venom, let there be carnage, I'll be like the postcards. I'm like, where was Boot? <laughs> Come on. You know, if, if we're opening up the multiverse, we can bring back Boot. I'll, I'll wrap this up. You can follow me on Letterboxd for reviews of movies, including those that don't have the great character known as Boot in them. Uh, we'd also like to thank Zachary Wright for editing this episode and not booting us from this. Thank you, Zach. His life. <laughs> All right. Thank you for not booting me from your life. We'll catch you in the next one. <laughs>